Uh, good morning. This is Empo calling on behalf of my financial coach, Joe. I'm glad that, that we were able to connect. And one of the things that we're, we're doing is we're reaching out to some of our subject matter experts to learn a little bit more about a few topics that our listeners are interested in. But before we move on to today's topic, why don't you just go ahead and give us all a little bit of background about yourself as well as your experience. Okay. Well, I uh, started out in public accounting and had a short stint with Pricewaterhouse, which is now PricewaterhouseCooper. Spent a little bit of time working for a bank in Switzerland and uh, came back, entered the insurance business, estate planning business a long time ago, back in 1979, and started our own firm in 1985 in terms of the creative side of how to plan for people's businesses, their estates, as well as just the average rank-and-file family executive type. Uh, So we specialize in high-net-worth individuals. Typically, they own companies, their senior executives, and the continuum of helping people protect and save and grow their assets. So that's a little bit of background. We have a pretty you know, good-sized staff in terms of handling all the backup support areas. Like what I'm doing. actually love what I'm doing. <laughs> Wonderful well, thing comes, to be able to help people. Well, it comes through, Joe. So one of the things that we want to do is to get your expertise on an area that perhaps you've already dealt with with your clientele, especially those that are in this high net worth space. They're concerned, not necessarily even for their own finances, which are completely in order, but they're looking down the line. They're looking at their children, and once they've set them up in a good position, sitting down and thinking more about their legacy. So I want you to picture if one of your clients that you've worked with for a while, you've ensured their financial foundations have been laid, and now they come up and say, I've given it some thought, my kids are doing all right, and I want to make sure that our family continues our legacy well after I'm gone. How do I make sure that I give something to my grandchildren? Well, that is a very um, <laughs> a very interesting topic. And the challenge is, how do you know what's going to be the situation 5, 10, or 25, or even 35 years from now? There's a wide range. People have a, uh, a different definition of what they would consider to be wealthy. could be that someone believes they're wealthy with 3 or $4 million. Someone might consider themselves not wealthy with a 30 or 40 million dollar net worth or someone who in my opinion is you know wealthy is in that 40 million plus range um, the challenge has always been you know generation one grandma and grandpa typically have uh, worked really hard built a big business been successful at what they've done you know they're they're probably doing fine the question then becomes what you want to do for your grandkids do you want to skip your kids but what you want to leave your grandkids, uh, depending upon if you give it away, quote, today, but lock it up, um, or you give it away at death, uh, giving it away while you're alive, you have to be very careful to say, I know we're never, ever going to need any of this money or these assets. And uh, I can give you case after case where wealthy grandparents were making significant gifts to grandkids 
And the wealthy grandparent situation shifted where they might have been literally it's the case worth forty or fifty million and uh privately held company sold out to a publicly traded company. Uh they were heavily weighted in the stock of the publicly traded company and uh they were doing the uh, they were just about ready to start selling off their assets. They had a two year wait before they could sell some of their stock and their stock took a fifty percent plunge in one day. And uh, it created havoc. And uh, mm-hmm. the gifting they had done, they went, oops, I wish we hadn't have gifted it all away. Not all of it, but a good portion. So, uh, But to a very simple way, and to be able to do that, is you can do a couple of things in some uh, irrevocable trusts or something also we call a survivor standby trust. But it's the ability to either transfer assets, and many times it can be done through a life insurance premium, and the life insurance premium is then used in the trust to pay for the life insurance policy uh, on grandma and grandpa or generation, you know, the parents in generation one. Um, and there's lots of different uh, nuances in that, but uh, – so, Ann Paul, I'll, I'll stop there. If you want to ask a little more detail and some specifics, then I'll answer those as well. Yeah, so for our listeners, many of them definitely haven't considered the personal aspects of giving away money. And perhaps you're right. It, it could very well be that they may have a really good financial plan put together. However, plans may change based off of things such as sudden market moves. Some of the other things that may shift are government policies. Could you speak a little bit to perhaps the generation skip taxes? Yes. Uh, Very, very good question. Um, The the amount of money that an individual could give was capped, uh, meaning in terms of bequeathing to the next generation or to anybody they wanted, was capped at about $5 Uh, prior to the recent tax law change in 18, and then it went up to 11 million four. What is commonly not addressed or thought about is, by the way, that 11 four is going to revert back to 5 million. So the planning technique would be uh, to gift uh, up to 11 four into the trust, 11 million 480, and get it in there now, given that you don't need it. And the IRS has basically said, and again, not, I'm not an attorney giving a legal opinion, but they're not going to claw it back. So if you get the gift, uh, you know, taken care of, you know, prior to 2026, then um, they're not going to claw it back. It's how you can only give five million. Congress changes, presidents change, national sentiment changes. We're in the middle of the, you know, the coronavirus problem. Who knows what's going to happen in the next two to six months? Generation skipping trusts are basically designed, um, and you know, a step before that. Let me kind of give you the three things that you know from a, from the, the the stepping stone. So you have a survivor uh, a survivorship standby trust. You can then do an irrevocable uh, life insurance trust, and then you can also generation skipping trust (GST). The GST can be incorporated in the first two, um, but the d- general concept of a generation skipping trust is that you can give away uh, during your lifetime that 11-4. Mom can give away. Grandma can give away 11-4. Grandpa or dad can give away 11-4. Uh, 
and get it into the generation skipping trust and pay no gift tax and pay no, quote, estate tax because they're still living. They pass away, and the generation skipping trust now has whatever amount is in there, and there's no estate tax on it. And then they can have it for the, the, the lifetime income benefit for either their kids or their grandkids, and depending on what state, you can go uh, great-grandkids or great-great, depending. So my, my caution is, is that when you're doing it just for your grandkids, and it turns out you think your kids are okay, but something bad happens to your kids or something you know, just out of control happens, you go, oh, my goodness, my one daughter, my one son could really use the money. So you've got to be very careful that you don't necessarily cut somebody out down the road that you thought was just in great shape today. But back to the grandkids. So you can say uh, this money is in this generation skipping trust, and it's sitting uh, in the trust. So when I die, there's no estate tax. And that grows during my kids' and grandkids' lifetime. It also grows. Now, you're required to distribute the income to the income beneficiaries. Well, technically, you're not, but if you keep it in the trust, it's going to be a higher tax bracket. So generally speaking, you can have distributions to the income beneficiaries. You can put in an incentive in there as well so that you don't, quote, spoil your, your kids or grandkids or great-great-grandkids. You can do something where there's an incentive. Says, hey, if you make a certain amount of money, you're going to get more income paid out to you versus just kind of sitting on your hands. Uh, you can make special provisions for you know, kids or grandkids or great-great-grandkids that are disabled or that go into school teaching or into a nonprofit setting where they're doing great things. So you can build some incentives into there. But the idea is that if that 11-4 then grows over the next 30 years uh, to $24 million, um, there is no estate tax when the grandkids die or the, or the kids uh, and ongoing. So you can get money to the next generation, your grandkids. Uh, I would always caution people, be careful. You know, you, you may not know all the grandkids yet because they may not be born yet. Um, and uh, giving some provisions in the trust, uh, and you certainly don't want to spoil the grandkids. You've got to make certain that they get up every day, they want to work, they want to be active members of society, so you can do some designs in the Generation Skipping Trust to do that. Um, so that's kind of a, a long answer, but uh, there's some thoughts. Well, I believe that you've definitely helped us put this puzzle together. Joe, as always, your insight is very helpful, and I think our viewers are uh, enlivened and enriched by your expertise. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to MFC Live. For more information, please visit our website at www.myfinancialcoach.com. Keep an ear out. More episodes are on the way soon.